live from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Paul Padalaw and Subaru of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, on a little bit earlier than normally. Normally we're rocking the two to the five five slot, but uh, today uh, we're on for JT from noon to three. We're actually going uh, taking over JT's show and an hour of Unnecessary Roughness, but uh, 12 to three locally uh, today because we're going to lead into draft coverage from Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, where JT the Brick, Eric Allen will be on site, and then Lincoln Kennedy will be at the Raiders draft party. And so they'll have everything. Like I said, wall-to-wall coverage was a part of it last year at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as the draft was in Las Vegas. So, of course, that was a different dynamic. But uh, it's, it's, it's really fun to be able to bring this kind of coverage to Raider Nation Radio 920. And I think we've done a lot of really good things in, you know, a short amount of time going to a bunch of different events and keeping Raider Nation up on uh, up on game, really. I mean, just to, to be keep it as, as honest as possible, keep it a buck, right? I mean, putting up everybody on game of what's going on all over the NFL. You know, it's not just during the regular season. It is an all-year-long task, right? There'll be a small window where there won't be hardly any activity going on, and then, boom, right back at it. So this is just another part of it, and the offseason's already been kicked off, but it's almost like the, the 2023 season's getting kicked off tonight. <laughs> it feels like, even though it's not the season, it feels like it's getting kicked off tonight with the first round of the draft, and, of course, we got rounds two and three tomorrow and then four through seven on Saturday, and then we'll know the entire draft class, and we'll be talking about that for quite a while, getting breakdowns and, and this, that, and the other, but uh, excited about the opportunity that we have through the question out there earlier on the don'tbebroke.com text line, and you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. Uh, anytime we don't have a guest, and we don't have a guest until 1.30, as we have Vinny Bonsignor coming up to give his thoughts on what he thinks the Silver and Black will do at pick seven or whenever they pick in the first round. But uh, the, the question today, who's the pick? What number is he selected at? And why? It's that simple, 69187, keyword r and And before we went to break, we had a really, really good uh, statement put on our uh, don'tbebroke.com text line from the 253. Draft picks look good when you have the right quarterback leading the team. Heard that earlier today. We need to get our future quarterback in this draft. And, look, we just had Trey Wingo on in the last hour, and he said that teams are, you know, over overextending themselves for, for quarterbacks. And, you know, all these quarterbacks, there's going to be four or five taken in the first round today. And I guarantee you that four or five won't be really good players at the end of the day, right? I mean, there, there may be, you know, tomorrow, what, one or two that work out to be really good and the others are just either they're there or they end up being just bust, right? I mean, when we did that with uh, Gilbert Manzano, when we had him on the air and uh, on the show talking about the, what, top, what was it, 20 picks in 10 years? Was that yes, was? the most successful draft picks of the past 20 right. years. Yeah. How many quarterbacks were on that list? Four? <laughs> that seems <laughs> like, high. Um, I, I think it was. It was Mahomes, Burrow, um, uh, uh, Herbert, and then – I think Herbert was Josh just on, Allen. like, the honorable mention. No, Josh- Herbert, Herbert was, like, 19. He oh, was okay, like, okay. He, he was at the very bottom of the list. But, yeah, it was, like, four, and that's 10 years. We're talking about four and potentially 31 picks. <laughs> right? I mean, when's the last time that happened? So it's it's so hard to, to find and get that guy. But once you do, you do. And going back to the texter's point, you know, I heard Joel Klatt say this yesterday when I was at uh, Arthur Bryant's, the barbecue spot, talking to the NFL Network guys. And, and somebody from Kansas City was asking about what he thought that they should do uh, at the very end of the, the draft, you know, of round one. What should they do at pick number 31? He said, look, I mean, you have a foundation already because you got the quarterback. You know, not only do you have the foundation, but you got the you got the house. Now all you're doing is you're going in and you're and you're 
you're making your accessories better, <laughs> right? I mean, you're shining up the bathroom a little bit more. You're, you're putting a, a better chandelier in there. You're doing this, that, and the other. You're just making it uh, a, a lot better because you already have what matters the most, which going back to the Texas point, draft picks look good when you have the right quarterback leading the team. The problem is finding the right quarterback. For the Raiders, is that a guy in this year's draft or is it a guy in next year's draft? Is it a guy in the draft after that? I mean, there's, there's certain teams, and I'm not saying the Raiders are going to be one of them, but there's teams that have been trying for years to find their right guy. There's a reason why the Jets just gave up all those picks for Aaron Rodgers because he's proven. There's a reason why Tampa Bay made the move for Tom Brady because he was proven. There's a reason why Matt Stafford was traded to the Rams and the Rams won him because he was proven, right? The Saints, they went and signed Derek Carr because he's proven as opposed to the crapshoot that is the draft. You just don't know. You know, Trey Lance, he was a high draft pick. He can't get off the bench. He can't stay healthy. I mean, there's always it's always a question mark. And just because you draft him don't mean that he's going to be really good. So, you know, as much as we can look at it, and I, I know I'm guilty of it, I could look at Anthony Richardson, and we'll hear from him in just a second, but I could look at him and say, man, I think he's going to be good because he has that strong work ethic. But sometimes, man, if you can't get it, you can't get it. And I'm not saying he can't. It's just <laughs> – Again, it's a, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot know? of guys in the NFL that bust their ass every day, but they're still just eh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly, man. If 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 it was just about busting your ass, I'd be a millionaire, <laughs> right? I mean, I'd be I'd be all right, I'd be all good. But I mean, you know, it's 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 more to it than that. But that's a great starting point. Like that's that's the key, right? That's a great starting point is having having the ability to 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 just get after it and and know that you've got to work and you've got to improve and you got to be that guy. That's that's awesome, but then you've got to also make it translate and, and make it translate your game to the NFL. So uh, I, I, I'm intrigued by Anthony Richardson. I, I don't try to hide that. I let everybody know that I'm very intrigued by Anthony Richardson, but he's got, like Trey Wingo said, he's got the lowest floor and he's got the highest ceiling. Well, yesterday we were at the Play 60 event uh, out there at the school, at the high school, with uh, the other uh, prospects that were out there and got a few minutes to catch up with him. It wasn't a one-on-one conversation, but it was a little group session. It was, you know, a young lady asking about the community and him being out there and just kind of what this whole process was like and then uh, me as well. So here's that conversation from yesterday with Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. What has this experience been like for you? Uh, it's been fun, you know, especially playing with the kids, you know. We're over there, you know, making a little garden for them so they can have vegetables and stuff. They're coming out here and throwing the ball. You just remind me of when I was a kid and then playing my little brother. You know, I just, I just all for. This has been a process where you're not doing a lot of football stuff. You're talking about football. Yeah. Today you had the opportunity to get back on the field yeah. and actually do some stuff. It had to feel good, right? Oh, it definitely feel good, especially tossing the ball around. But no, it's not really about me. It's about the kids, you know, creating memories for them. So it was definitely fun. You're about 24 hours out. How's your mind right now? How are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good. My emotions everywhere. You know, I almost cried last night once I got here. Um, Woke up this morning thinking about what we're about to do, so I started smiling again, so my emotions all over the place. This is a big platform, and it's giving you the opportunity to really contribute to communities wherever you end up going. Yeah. Um, has that sunk into you, what this really is about to mean, being drafted to an NFL team? Uh, a little bit. You know, um, just thinking about the impact I'll have on a, a city and the franchise once I get there, so uh, just making sure I made the right impression, you know, and just, just keep it going. How are you managing those emotions? Hey, just talking to my family and then just looking at the other guys. I don't, I don't see anybody else crying yet, so just trying to keep it focused. I say cry it out, man. Oh, just let it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I think I might do that. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate so, you. What thoughts are going through your mind when you get there and you're, like, almost getting emotional about it? No, I'm just like, dang, it, 
just put in a lot of work just to get here. So I just think about all the things I've been through and I think about my life. And I just, like, wow, my life's really about to change. It's a great success. Oh, yeah, definitely. What you've done so far. And yeah, but, no, that's just the beginning of the journey, you know, just getting started. You know, I'll get, I get picked up tomorrow, and then that's, that's where everything, you know, takes off from there. What is your greatest asset? Honestly, I feel like it's the way I, you know, interact with people, you know, uh, create memories for them and just impact people. I feel like that's the greatest aspect I say in my life. When teams asked you, look, your, your stats at Florida, they were good. They weren't Not super, great, yeah. Right, exactly. So what's the answer to that? You know, uh, help me make them great, you know. Uh, I'm putting in the work. I know they're going to put in the work. So it's going to be a great collaboration. We're going to make the numbers great. Do you agree with the idea that you are the most gifted quarterback in this class? No, I feel like everybody's gifted in their own way. So uh, some, somebody might say, yeah, they're gifted. But I, I also believe I'm gifted as well. So we all gifted in our own way. Appreciate you. What, what would your uncle be thinking right now, knowing that you're ready ready to be on this stage? Honestly, I feel like, you know, he's a tough guy, but I feel like he'll, he'll be crying right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's been a long process, long journey for you know, my family and I. So just thinking about it, I feel like he'll be definitely excited for me. You wrote that piece on the Players' Tribune. Incredible. What made you feel like you had to put that out there and let it be known? Just kind of give everybody a little bit of background on who you were. You know, uh, honestly, you know, I don't think people know enough about me. You know, they just see me on the field. I'm jumping around, flipping, running yeah. by people and all that. They see that part of, part of me, but they don't see the, the other side of me and why I work so hard and, and why I love this game. So I feel like that was just a, a, a little token to them and just, you know, showcasing, you know, who I am as a person. Where did that work ethic come from? Because you have it. Where did it come from? Definitely my mom, you know, just seeing the way she worked, you know, she, and she sacrificed a lot for my brother and I. So uh, I just got it from her, and it, it's just been in me since. What did you think of, I mean, and you wrote in the piece about her interviewing you on, in the car, and you're like, why are we doing this? Do you think back about that a lot now? I think about it all the time. <laughs> like, like right now, I'm getting yeah. interviewed, but like at the time, I hated it, because all I want to do is just take a nap. I'm like, well, why are we doing this? Right. And she's like, you know what, you're going to need it one day. And no, like I say, look at me now, just doing it. And here you are. So yeah. at your pro day, right after you wrapped up and ran down the field, one of the people that greeted you first was GM Dave Ziegler of the Raiders. Uh, what do you think? Have you what do you thought about the Raiders? What do you think about your visit to uh, to Vegas? You know, I feel like it was a great visit. You know, uh, that's a great organization, and great people in the building. So. Uh, if they were to draft me, I feel like we'll, we'll do great things together. You check out the, the facilities and everything? What did you think of yeah, those? It was, it was pretty nice. You know, I think they told me they just, they just built it a couple of years ago. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's a nice building. Not, not anything like Florida, but <laughs> hey. <laughs> Final question for you. So what, what is the team getting in Anthony Richardson when they select you tomorrow? Uh, get somebody that's going to work. You know, that's all I'm about, working, working, working. Because I know it's, it's other people across this world uh, will die to be in this situation I'm in. So I wouldn't take it for granted. I'm just going to work. Appreciate your time, man. Good luck. And that was that was good stuff that you wrote. Appreciate you. There he goes. Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. That was our little interaction, a little group session uh, we had yesterday over at the high school with the other draft prospects. And, look, that's the one thing that he's going to guarantee you, right? I mean, he can't guarantee you he's going to end up being a Hall of Famer. He can't guarantee you that he's going to end up being a, a great franchise quarterback. But he can guarantee you he's going to put in the work. Right, and that's one thing that I do trust, that he'll put in the work. I don't know if it's going to be for the Raiders. I don't know if it'll be for the Lions. It could be for the Seahawks. I mean, who knows? There's plenty of organizations that can that, that are thinking about taking a shot at him. It's guaranteed. Uh, what I do know is he's going to come off the board tonight, <laughs> and we'll see exactly what team's going to get him. And uh, I've said it. I've, I make no mistake about it. I, I will pull for his success because it's, it's one thing 
to, you know, talk about talk about a young man and talk about his work ethic and say that you respect it and everything. But it's also great to see someone in that kind of a work ethic that knows that they've got to grow and they've got things that they need to do better and saying that they're going to work on it and then seeing it pay off. Right. Seeing a guy that 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 puts in the work and then you see later a couple of years later, like, wow, he put in that work and look how good he is now. Like that's that's a cool story to, to talk about. So I'm hoping that at some point we're talking about with the, with Anthony Richardson about that story. And I hope that, uh, that that he has that success with any team. I don't care where he goes. Just uh, I think that he's I think he's a good dude. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, his, his uncle. I asked him the question about his uncle because his uncle's really the one who introduced him to football. And any time that, you know, Anthony was getting down on himself or wasn't pl- playing really well or doing something good, you know, he was his uncle would say, hey, man, stop worrying about it. Stop crying. Let's go. Let's, go. let's play football. Let's, let's, let's get, you know, let's get tougher. And he did. And, you know, and then he was real, real hurt when his, his uncle passed away. So uh, that was the que- that's the reason why I asked him the question about uh, his uncle. What does his uncle think now that uh, the ultimate goal has been achieved where he's about to be uh, – starting his new career, which is an NFL quarterback. Even the things that he said about his mom, you know, the interviews. If this guy has been preparing for this moment, two things that stood out to me. First, how good are the Florida facilities? I mean, that Gatorade money just must be different for him <laughs> to say that about yeah, after seeing the Raiders facility. And second, where the guy before he asked him, hey, you know, good, not great. He even said it himself. He, you know, he didn't have great stats in college. But right. collaboration with whoever drafts him helped me make it better. Right. Because a lot of times we say people are saying, hey, I wouldn't want to draft Anthony Richardson. It's a project. Yeah, but that's also on the coaching staff. Whoever takes him in the draft, it's up to you to make him better. No player in this draft is a finished product where they're just going to come in the room day one and say, hey, stand back. I got this. All of these guys needs coaching up. And I'm glad that he said that because it puts in perspective, hey, you have to help him get better. Right, exactly. And so, uh, you know, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be one of the many storylines that, that is going to go into tonight. There's so many different storylines, you know, and he's going to be one of them. You know, is C.J. Stroud really going to fall? Is, is Houston really going to pass on him? And they're going to go get a defensive player, right? It feels like that's what's going to happen. We talked to Trey Wingo earlier in the show, if you're just tuning in, and he, he feels pretty confident that that's going to happen. So what defensive player are they going to take? Are they going to roll with Will Anderson? Are they going to roll with Tyree Wilson? Is it going to be other? Are they going to grab Jalen Carter? I mean, like, there's, there's so many different scenarios that could play out tonight. And as much as I thought at one point it started with pick number three in the Arizona Cardinals, then I kind of felt like Seattle was the, the one that, that really controls all the, all the moving and shaking because they can go in so many different directions, especially since they have two first-round picks. But it really feels like Houston could get this whole thing going. And then after that, you know, once they make their selection, or if they, what if they trade back? What if they trade out? What if someone decides that they want to trade up to that number two spot? Remember, Houston has, uh, has two and 12. So they have uh, plenty of ammunition. I was actually at that Play 60 event, and I uh, saw my guy, uh, Adam Winkler, who used to work in uh, in Central Texas with me, and then he went off to an, another city, and now he's back in Houston working for a TV station. He told me, Q, one of these players out here, or two of these players, since the Texans pick at 2-12, two and 12, two of these players could be Texans, or none of these players might be Texans. And I, I thought about it for a second. He's like, look, they could trade out a two. They could pass on, you know, a quarterback. They could trade out a two, trade back. They trade back again. They Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred and the don't be broke dot com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. What you got, Demar? Oh no, Q. Uh, you didn't. You didn't realize it because you were still talking. We lost you for about ten seconds there. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's so your emotion is. I wasn't trying to get back on air. It oh. was the what's going on. That was me moving for land, frantically and uh, pointing to my ear. But no, we oh. got you. We got you back. So uh, that sounds like that was on. 
That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's really weird. It's live radio. Yeah, I'm because uh, I'm I'm hardwired. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm on Wi-Fi or anything. I'm hardwired, so there shouldn't be any kind of drop off. Yeah, um, for about five seconds there, it was like, oh, where'd Q go? But yeah, we got you back. Really interesting. All right, I had no idea what your uh, your finger motions were. At least it was a, a positive finger. It wasn't a bad finger. So I'll, I'll take that. Uh, don't be broke. Dot text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Jim from Yonkers hit us back. Uh, I think we need a stud tight end. I feel like we have warm bodies. Now there are decent, but not game changers. We need a replacement, and tight end is deep in this draft. I'm thinking day two. Thanks for a great show. Trivia for D. What year did the Grizzlies start playing in Memphis? Ooh, there you go. I want to say the 0203 season. I don't know the answer to that, by the way. <laughs> so don't don't ask for me. Jim from Yonkers got to give you that answer. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know the answer for that one. But I to his point about the tight end position, I do think that that's an area that's going to be addressed. And I, I I do believe day two, maybe even day three, because it is a really a really deep draft when it comes to tight ends. But uh, there's some really good ones at the top, right? I think there'll be at least two tight ends taken in the first round uh, this this t- tonight. But I don't see the Raiders making a move at a tight end position. Not not tonight, but possibly Friday if not then maybe maybe on Saturday they'll they'll get it done but I'm sure I'm sure there will be some tight ends taken um I did want to pivot real quick because I'm seeing multiple reports and I said this earlier to you DeMond off air uh was about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens looks like they're about to get a deal done Dan Graziano from ESPN the Ravens have never wavered in their desire to sign Lamar Jackson they did not shop for replacements or bring in a backup they signed Odell Beckham for big money they also hoped Lamar would help them help return to them and now it appears likely that he will and what he said before that was multiple sources have said the Ravens and quarterback Lamar Jackson have had productive conversations in recent days there's optimism that they are making progress towards a long-term extension so that is good news for uh, the Baltimore Ravens and it just it felt right that Lamar was going to be a Raven right I mean there was questions and I questioned the relationship if it was if it was so damaged that he's not able to go on the long-term deal but then I also said money cures everything (laughs) <laughs> right if they sign up to a big enough contract or gets close enough to what he's looking for uh the the, the relationship could be uh healed immediately so there's that so it looks like the the deal for lamar jackson is going to get done sooner rather than later and i'm sure the deal that philadelphia had for jalen hurts probably helped uh speed that uh that scenario up just a little bit but getting back to the raiders here at 69187 keyword r&r uh jim from yonkers said 2001 2002 so so close so there you go, Demond. You got your answer there. You know what? I should have had that better because Pal Gasol he was drafted in '01 and he was the first pick for the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, yeah, that was just me being a year off. There you go. Well, you almost got it. You almost got it. Uh, got a text from LJ. He said, "I think we'll stay out at seven and take Witherspoon. Would love a move back to grab Kalijah Clancy, Clancy as well." Uh, that being said, since that is my prediction, we'll end up taking Skaronski on the O line. In reality, that's from LJ and. Uh, what do you think about that? Witherspoon at seven, you good with that, Demond? Oh, I'm good with that. But like you keep saying, you don't think he's going to be there. I don't think he's going to be there. But I'd be good with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of Witherspoon. Think he's going to be a heck of a player. Uh, but for most part, people think that he's going to be gone by six with Detroit. You know, Detroit's going to be interesting. And who who said it? Was it was it Daniel Jeremiah or was it Joel Klatt? I think Joel Klatt said it, and we we heard from him yesterday when he said that that basically Seattle, Detroit, and the Raiders could all be in the running for the same players. 
right? And they all pick back to back to back, five, six, seven. Seattle's at five, Detroit's at six, and the Raiders are at seven. So they all could be looking at a corner. They all could be looking at an edge rusher. They all could be looking at a D tackle. Uh, they all could get quarterbacks, right? Even though Seattle has Geno and Detroit has Jared Goff. I mean, we all know that uh, they can have a quarterback sit them behind those guys and, and, and let whoever that is uh, learn from them. So uh, it, it's funny, man. Those three teams, back to back to back, all are very similar in what they're looking for in the upcoming draft. So uh, thank you so much for that text, LJ. I do appreciate you. Raider Javi said, Stroud at five. Trade with Seattle. Seattle has traded back in 10 out of the last 11 drafts. Good knowledge right there. Texans changed the course of the draft. They will be the WTH pick. Personally, I prefer Richardson, but Stroud at five would be hard to resist. That's Raider Javi. What do you think about that? A trade with Seattle. You're not trading up that far. You're only going from seven to five, but you're still giving up a little bit of that draft capital to go up and get C.J. Stroud at five. It depends on what you're giving up. If you give up the second-round pick, Maybe. I don't know because I feel like if he's going to be there at five, that means that Seattle doesn't want him. So then I'd say let the draft fall because I don't think that the Lions are going to take a quarterback. So if you're sitting there at five. You don't think they could? I don't think that. I think that the Lions are more in a win-now mode, and that would be more of a, hey, building for the future. But their future is now. They're one of those teams that are really, really close. But they got two first-round picks. Dang, you're right. I mean, I th- you know, it's it's a, it's almost a luxury. They got two first round picks and picking at number six. If they see a quarterback that you know they could sit and and develop like a Richardson, I can see Anthony Richardson going there and sitting behind uh, Jared Goff for a year or two, and then and then taking off and taking over. And 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 the the team is still intact. They still can make a, a move at at uh, what are they picking at eighteen? Yeah, it's eighteen. Picking. I just looked at our draft yes. board here. Yeah, so there you go. I could see it, but it's for me. I think that this is a team that's more win now. I know like other teams mm-hmm. where. Hey, you could do you could say that, but for me, this team they're close. I think that division's wide open, and I would want to bring someone in. I know that hey, the guy that you pick at eighteen is still a first rounder. You would want him to start too if they keep that pick, but right. a top ten pick, that's someone that you should be expecting. Hey, day one, he's going to be not just a starter, but a good start. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you get that guy that you know in the top six, and he's probably you know on everybody's draft board, depending on the way the quarterbacks shake out, he'll probably be top five rated on most people's boards outside of quarterbacks. So I don't think you pass up on a guy like that, especially well, then, when you don't need. And I, also, I don't think maybe I'm on Jared Goff's side a little bit. I don't think Jared <laughs> Goff is as bad as people think he is. You know, he's yeah, gotten better at all. He's gotten yeah. better since he lost that Super Bowl. So for me, it's like, and then the numbers that they had—they were one of the best offenses in the league last year. No, you're right. He and he's he's not. You know, he's not an old dude. And and really, what they honestly they could do is they could make the the move and make that pick at at six. That's a difference maker right now. A guy that helps them win, and then maybe look back at eighteen and say, okay, now here's our luxury pick, right? Who's someone that can help us for the future, right? Maybe a position that they have a few uh, a few players in already. But they they feel like that they need to you know need to stock the cupboard up with a little bit more talent. I mean they could definitely do that. I, I could see that, uh, no doubt about it. So there's there's a you know there's a scenario in place that you got. I, I kind of like your thinking there, Demano. Not mad at that. Uh, let's see. And then one more text. And we'll take a quick break. Get to Vinny Bonsignor. How about this one from Big Dub Raider on our DontBeBroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Wow, Q, you're actually going to eat. LOL. As much as I'd love to have Anthony Richardson in silver and black, Christian Gonzalez is the pick at seven. Go Raiders. And, again, Christian Gonzalez, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that pick. That's actually the pick that I made on my podcast today uh, when I said at the end of the show who I thought was going to be the guy that they picked. I said Christian Gonzalez, uh, and I said if they trade up, then it will be C.J. Stroud, but I, I don't think that they're going to trade up. I just, I just don't see them doing that. And um, 
you know, the one that would actually surprise me is the one that people have been talking about uh, lately is Peter Skaronsky. I just, I just don't see it, even though he's a talented dude, he's a versatile dude. That's something that Dave Ziegler wants. Uh, I just, I don't see them making that move at number seven. Now, maybe if they trade back, maybe it is, but I, I just don't see Skaronsky being the pick. Well, with that being said, they'll probably be like Skaronsky will be the pick and end up being the no-brainer, the best pick of, of the draft, right? It'll be, it'll be just like the Colton Miller effect all over again. Like, uh, I was bummed when they selected Colton Miller, and he ended up being. You know, the, the best selection in that draft class and uh, the first guy in a long time for the Raiders to even get a second contract. So, obviously, Colton Miller was a, a really good pick when it was all said and done, and that was the first uh, draft pick that uh, John Gruden had when he returned to the Silver and Black for the second time. So, there's that. But let us know, Raider Nation. Want to hear from you. 69187, keyword r and text line. Uh, of course, keyword is r and so Again, 69187, keyword r uh, who's the pick, what numbers he selected, and why. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and also from Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. Before we get to Vinny, I did want to pass along the note that uh, Ian Rappaport just said that Lamar's deal is done, five-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. So that is done and done. And like I mentioned before, Jalen Hurts' deal getting done with Philadelphia, I'm sure expedited and sped up the process to get Lamar done with the Baltimore Ravens. Vinny joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, uh, first of all, uh, it's done with Lamar. Five years and uh, he's staying in Baltimore. about that? Yeah, and I think the market always uh, kind of dictates um, what ultimately happens. And Jalen Hurts doing his deal, like you just said, um, really now set a new market um, and one that uh, the Ravens and, and Lamar uh, Jackson could kind of use uh, to uh, to sort of formulate their own uh, deal now. And I'm sure the Baltimore Ravens said, okay, we're going to give you X, Y, and Z above this deal, uh, and now Lamar can feel good about that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much guaranteed money uh, he ultimately got. I don't think we're going to see a deal. This is my uh, just my opinion uh, that that reaches you know the Deshaun Watson kind of a deal. If it if it does, great for Lamar. I'd be really happy for him. I don't think it's going to get that high, uh, but I think he's going to end up with more uh, than Jalen Hurts, and everybody gets to uh, to be happy. And you know the off season, you know uh, I know heads are spinning and you know things are said, but. This is when you do the negotiations. Nothing was lost. Nothing. There was no games that were missed or anything like that. This is this is the time for that. And I know it can sometimes get ugly, but it sounds like the Ravens and, and Lamar always stayed engaged, always stayed connected, and and had the common goal uh, of of doing exactly what they ended up doing. Yeah, there's no doubt, and it's a five-year deal. Even the Ravens have announced it's a five-year deal. The numbers aren't out yet, so, of course, that's obviously what we're going to pay attention to, see what that, like you mentioned, guaranteed money looks like. But Baltimore and Lamar have come to a deal, so that is a good thing for everybody involved. Uh, he always seemed like he should be <laughs> He always should be a Baltimore Raven, and so he's going to be for at least the next and, five and years. And another, another great quarterback in the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And there is a handful of them, mm-hmm. to say the least. So, Vinny, as far as the Raiders go, and, of course, they'll be on the clock at number seven. We believe they'll be on the clock at number seven. Uh, how are you looking at this this draft? How do you think Dave Ziegler, with 12 picks, navigates through this, dra- this draft? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be heavy uh, on defense. Um, and I do think that their preference would be to draft a defensive player at number seven if they don't trade up. But things can change. Number one, maybe C.J. Stroud uh, is there or Anthony Richardson is there and, and gives them 
a little bit to think about, um, you know, at, at number seven. I would personally roll the dice, not roll the dice, I would take C.J. Stroud. In fact, I would run up to the commissioner uh, and hand, uh, hand the ticket in because I think that highly of C.J. Stroud. It would be a little bit, I'd still have to be a little bit persuade, persuaded on, on Anthony. Um, but, I, you know, you, you can bet on that, uh, on that upside. You might end up with, you know, a, a Cam Newton, uh, a great quarterback. So it, it would make some sense to go in that direction as well. But uh, I do think that if Devon Weatherspoon is there, I think that would be the guy that they would lean toward. For, I, just, I just keep getting some – trying to put piece things together. But, but I feel like maybe Christian Gonzalez is a little bit further down their list in terms of the quarterbacks. In fact, I think – um, Joey Porter Jr. might be their second preference, okay. um, but at seven, does that make sense? Do you trade down for Joey Porter? What if you can't find a, a trade partner? Now do you start looking at the offensive linemen, and there's, there's a couple of offensive linemen that are elite offensive linemen that would fit, and I don't think there would be any shame in picking a Paris Johnson or a Peter Skaronsky. I know that might not make you know, all the fans happy, and I get that, and I understand that, uh, but if in six, seven years down the road you're looking at a perennial Pro Bowl caliber whether it's a right tackle or a guard, depending on where they end up, um, I think Raider fans would be happy with that. I'll tell you right now, if it's uh, Peter Skaronsky or Paris Johnson, my initial thoughts would be, damn. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I mean, I'm and just kidding. I'm keeping it, it a buck, right? I'm keeping it yeah, real. <laughs> and and un, totally understandable, but I think some of that's going to be predicated on, okay, what players are, are, are still there at number seven? And, yeah. and then, they're, you know, if it's not Witherspoon, it, sound, it feels like there's just a little bit of a, a, a fall-off between – how they may value those offensive linemen and that second tier, that second group of defensive players. And, and I think that one thing about this regime that at least I'm getting the feeling of, they're not going to sacrifice uh, grade for need. And I think that's gotten the Raiders into some trouble uh, the la- you know, over the last few years where they, they, they look at the need and maybe move up somebody a couple of notches because of that need and in the process lose, lose out on, on a better player because that player didn't fit the need. I think when it's tied, and we heard you know, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels talking about this, when the grade is tied, you always the, the deal breaker or the tiebreaker uh, is the need. But if there's a gap there, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I think in, in, in long-range planning, take the best player. Right. I mean, and, and look, I, I said the same thing. I said, damn, when they selected Colton Miller. And look, he's still around, and he's a, he's a solid left tackle. So it would make sense. But as you mentioned, it wouldn't make uh, the fan base uh, super fired right. up just because, you know, the defense has been ignored for so long. And, if, and then there's the quarterback as well. So uh, there's a lot of different directions that I'm sure that the fan base rather them go. But if they're building the team and they're building it right, I could totally see them doing it. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't be my first preference. Well, I, I, let me ask you a question because you're yeah. always on top of this. The deepness of the cornerback, uh, um, you know, uh, population of this draft, does that give you a little bit of comfort level? Like, look, um, you know, getting an elite offensive lineman right now, we still feel at 38 or a little bit, maybe even further down, that you could still get a a guy that's going to be a really good cornerback for you. Yeah, no, I definitely believe that, uh, as we've all talked about, that the cornerback position is really deep. The one thing I want to see, and when you mentioned Joey Porter Jr., I think he's a heck of a player. He just doesn't have the ball skills, or he he doesn't have the ball production. I'm not saying he doesn't have the ball skills. He can, I guess he can develop into that, but I'm tired of the Raiders taking a a, a pick that has to develop into something, right? Develop into a ball hawk or develop into a guy who's going to make plays on the ball like you know, we always hear Coach McDaniel say what they want is a guy who can touch the quarterback or touch the, the ball. Right. Right. And so guys like 
like Witherspoon have touched the ball. Guys like Gonzalez have touched the ball. Guys like Forbes has touched the ball. Uh, Banks has touched the ball. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see somebody who has production in college because then I'll expect that person to have that production at the next level. Joey Porter just hasn't had that yet. Not saying he can't get it, but, I mean, again, you've got to learn that trait. And learning on the NFL level is not that easy. Right. I, I agree. And, and, you know, maybe that's where – um, if you do go offensive line, not saying that they would, um, maybe in that second round, some of the guys that you just mentioned could still be there that do have the, 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 that ball production skill. Um, but you're just going to get them a little bit further down uh, in the draft. And I went back and looked at last, last year's all-rookie team, defensive team. There were a couple of uh, secondary players, specifically secondary players, that were taken on the second and third day uh, yeah. of the draft. So, you know, maybe that's part of the plan on what you're thinking at number seven because, okay, we could still circle back to a certain deeper position in the second or third round. That's where those 11 picks come into play. Right, exactly. Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant. Two. There you go. And you are from Radio Nation Radio 920 and the RJ. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Vinny, when it comes to, hey, that 38th pick, what do you think it would take for the Raiders to package that and maybe one of their third-round picks to move back into the first round? Yeah. Um, it might even take something next year to do that, though. Um, Woo! Wow. Yeah. Never mind. You know, you're talking about a first-round pick, you know, so um, you got to uh, – you gotta you gotta entice uh, that other team, but I, but I think that that would be something that's in, in consideration for sure. And uh, you you can make that case for let's say Stroud falls to them uh, at number at number seven. Uh, you could see them maybe packaging, doing what you just said, or some combination of that to move back up into the first round to get a defensive player too. You know, or reverse it. You know, and and maybe maybe you're, you're trading up to get a hand and hooker, uh, one of the quarterbacks uh, that 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 you have to get and feel like won't be there. Uh, in the second round. So depending on what they do with that first pick, I could see them for, for offense or defense coming back into that first round. And then when it comes to trading and being aggressive, because I don't think the three of us think that they're going to use all 12 picks, if they don't trade back into the first round, which round do you see them start to be more aggressive and then starting to trade up? Yeah, well, with the two third-round picks, I think you know you can you can you can maybe even get back into the second round at that point. Um, you can you use one of those extra third-round picks, like you said, for the to, to get back into that first round. So uh, I would start looking at that second round. You know, when you start getting into a little bit deeper into that second round, and if there's a guy that you have to have, maybe you give up one of your third-round picks, or maybe two of your third-round picks. Um, if you feel like there's an elite player still left in the second round, now you've got three what you consider elite players over the first couple of days of the, uh, of the draft. So you could turn 12, you know, uh, you know, uh, 12 draft picks into, you know, four elite players. You can't argue with that. So it's going to come down to what you value and what you feel like you have to have. But I think there's ammunition uh, to, to move up really in, 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 all, in all rounds. But I would look at that second round and with those two third-round picks and think, huh, could they get back into the second round to get another uh, who they consider elite player? I know that when it comes to the rookie, well, the players from last year, Butler and Fell Jr., those are the guys that I'm speaking of, how much do you think that the Raiders believe in them to maybe wait until later in the draft to take a defensive tackle? Uh, I don't think you can count on that. And if there's a, a really good you know, uh, defensive tackle prospect, 
Uh, maybe it's in that second round, like we just talked about trading back up in the sec- second round, maybe even trading back up into the first round, depending on what you do at, at number seven to get you, what you consider a really good defensive tackle. I think you have to consider it. And that's nothing against, you know, Matthew or, or Neil. And by all accounts, and, and Q is there, uh, you know, at the owners' meetings, hearing good things about at least their work ethic and what they're doing. They're in the building. By the way, it's not there Munford. Uh, somewhere on TV the other day, and he looks like he's put on some weight and some strength. So if you can now say, okay, Neil and, 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 and Matthew are doing the same thing, and it sounds like that's what they're doing, um, you know, that's great. But you can't count on it. I think you need to add competition, youth, explosiveness, all of that uh, at defensive tackle. And if there's somebody there in that second round or trading back up in the first round or the third round, wherever, go get them. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're in Kansas City as we're preparing for the first round of the draft. So, Vinny, I mean, looking at this draft and looking at what Dave Ziegler, even though it was a small sample size, what's up, Doc? It's a small sample size from what we saw uh, last year because he only had a handful of picks, but he did everything in twos, right? Defensive tackles, offensive linemen, running backs, they were all in twos. What position do you think he picks in twos this year? Yeah, we're going to find out if that was uh, by design or a pattern. Uh, you know, a pattern or just coincidence uh, from last year. I think, t- I think this year is going to offer some clues on that. Um, I would say definitely defensive line, maybe linebacker, um, mm-hmm. cornerback. You know, there's a lot that they could use. A lot of help. There's a lot of areas where they could use depth and competition and just an infusion of, of talent. Um, so I would, I would think – Cornerback, you could see a couple of cornerbacks. I think defensive line, you could see a couple of defensive linemen, um, and 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 linebacker as well. And you know, I'm in, all into Jack Campbell, so we'll see if they uh, are able to reel in the Iowa linebacker tomorrow. I'll tell you what, Iowa's got some players, man. They've got some dudes, right? right? I mean, they they've got some cats that they're putting into the league, man. And so there's going to be some team is going to benefit from getting those Iowa guys. They just need to figure out how to take one of those guys on a yearly basis and, 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 and teach them to play quarterback because that's all, it seems like that's all <laughs> Iowa lacks is a quarterback because they could stop some people. They just can't score any points. So um, they've got to figure out a way to, to fix the quarterback, and they might have something if they do. Yeah, no, that's, that's real. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness talking all things draft. So uh, for the storylines, and this isn't just Raiders exclusive, but for the storylines for this draft, you know, what is kind of the biggest storyline for you? What are you most intrigued by? What's really going on with C.J. Stroud? Um, mm-hmm. And is that just smoke? Is somebody going to trade up to go get him? Uh, is he going to fall? Uh, are people going to pay uh, too much attention to the to the uh, S two uh, test, and, and uh, you know we were, we were talking this morning about this, and I know what he said. You know, uh, hey, I'm not a test taker; I'm a player. But every week is a test in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And all that time, like you were talking about this morning uh, in the film room, that's prepping for that test. Mm-hmm. So you got to ace a bunch of tests in the NFL. There's there's 17 of them, and 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 part of doing well is by by you know doing the work prior pre you know prior to during the week of practice. So I, I know what he was saying, and I think he understands that. You don't play quarterback at the level that he did without knowing that. Um, right. but, but, I, but I hope he knows that is what I'm, is what I'm saying. And then Jalen Carter. Um, you know, uh, who's going to roll the dice on, on, on Jalen Carter? Um, who's gonna, who feels like they've got the necessary infrastructure uh, in place to get him uh, right consistently? Because if he is, that's a devastating football player that any team is going to add to their team. But the blow-up factor is, is, is real, and, you know, you, somebody's going to be taking a chance, and it's a boomer bust. It's, it's one of the more uh, – the, the biggest booms or busts, you know, situations that I've seen in a, in a, in a little while. 
Yeah, I'll say this, man. Being around him, hearing him for a couple minutes yesterday, I wasn't convinced that he's going to be a dude that's going to be locked in on what he's supposed to be doing. Right. I'll just, and, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that you guys played the audio this morning. I mean, how convinced were you when you, you heard what he had to say? I, I can't tell you how um, my eyebrows were arching just right off the bat. And I'm like, holy cow. Um, like, like I would have been, you would have been better off almost winging it at that point and just come up with some, some answer, you know, whether it fit the question or not, but to mm-hmm. sit there and, and say, you know, six or seven words into your answer. Hey, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't hear you. I don't. I don't remember what the question was. That's just. It's not a deal breaker, uh, but it's just one thing where you're one more thing where you're going. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's not a good look. Right. Exactly. It just like I said. It didn't. It didn't convince me that he was ready uh, mm-hmm. for the big stage and to be that guy. But somebody will take a a shot at him. Maybe it's Philly at ten. Maybe it's Seattle at five. I mean, he's not getting out of the top ten because he has too much potential, too much talent. Uh, and and as many people have said. Hey, he's the most talented guy in the draft. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. Well, uh, there you go, Vinny. Uh, great stuff, man. I'm excited about what happens tonight. Excited to see uh, what the Raiders do and who they select. Of course, we'll be talking about it a lot on the show tomorrow, and I know you guys will be talking about it a lot on the morning tailgate as well. What are you writing about besides uh, the first-round selection? Yeah, I did write a um, you know what I what I felt like would be a uh, a good first night for, for, for the Raiders, and, and in order for me, it was C.J. Stroud falling to him. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, um, you know, and this is this is predicated on Anderson or Tyree Wilson not being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then, and I know this is not going to make Greater Nation real happy, but I feel like those offensive linemen, um, you know, uh, th- th- we're talking about top five, six, seven players in this draft. So it, it wouldn't be any shame if the Raiders did take one of those offensive linemen. It's not like you know they're going to. I don't think anyway. It's not like any of either of those picks, Johnson or Skaronski, are are. Are, are players that you have to do a lot of explaining about, or like, why'd you right. reach? These aren't reaches. It might not be what the fans want, and I get that and I understand that, but by no stretch of the imagination are either of those two players reaches at number seven. No, I mean, they're the, they're the best in, in the class. So, yeah, it wouldn't be a reach. It just, like I said, wouldn't be appealing uh, right. to the fan base. But, again, you've got to build that team the way that they feel like they've got to build that team. Well, Vinny, great stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you this afternoon. Uh, definitely check out that piece that you put out on the RJ, and we'll be talking to you tomorrow, man. I appreciate you. All right. Enjoy it, man. Will do, will do. Vinny Bonsignor right there. Of course, you can catch him on the morning tailgate with Lindsey Brown and Clay Baker, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920 and all his work in the RJ as well. 1.46 is the time. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll hear from Jalen Carter just because myself and Vinny were talking about it. And I left in the very beginning when I stepped up and started listening to the interview and the conversation going on with Jalen Carter and want to just point out what myself and Vinny were just talking about where he wasn't locked in and paying attention to what was being asked of him by Rick Neuheisel. That's coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us at the top of the hour at 2 o'clock, give us his thoughts on what he thinks Silver and Black will do in this first round and also navigating through the rest of the draft uh, all seven rounds as they have 12 picks. We'll also hear from Jalen Carter in just a few minutes, but I did want to go out to the phone lines that they're always wide open like some old school TV antennas at 702-365-9200. Mike in Vegas, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mike? Yes, uh, Q, it's great to be be on, on your show. I listen to your show all the time, and I used to be a sportscaster myself here locally my main question is this besides the pick for the draft uh dave ziggler and and uh the coach have to do a fantastic job in this draft because 
Sean Payton is a new coach at Denver, and Russell Wilson is not going to be as bad as he was last year. The Raiders got to make sure that they don't finish last in the AFC West. So this draft is uh, very important. As far as my pick, I would go with the safe pick, Christian Gonzalez, uh, as the cornerback at the, at the seventh pick. I think he'd be ideal. And I, and I think uh, as they go into the second or third round and other rounds, they can like make trades. But definitely the secondary has to get better with Patrick Mahomes uh, in this division. I think a cornerback is of utmost importance to help the Raiders secondary and, and have a defense where people can tackle and also get some picks and interceptions to make the yes. defense better. Yes, some ball production. Yes, good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that you say the safe pick. A lot of people will tell you that the corner is not the safe pick, right? And so uh, I like the corner pick, pick. I think it's great with a spoon. Gonzalez, I'm good with either one of those guys. I think Tyree Wilson would be fantastic. You know, if you go and you want to build the trenches first, I'm good with that as well. Uh, but the corner position has to be addressed. That's a must to be addressed at some point. I'm sure they will do that. Again, Jalen uh, – not Jalen, excuse me, J- Justin Herbert – uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, if he ever gets right, you know those are some those are some dudes that can that can put some points up on the board. Uh, if you're not if you're not playing good solid defense, and even talking to Daniel Jeremiah yesterday, he said that he does a lot of the Chargers games. He's like, you know, the one thing that I see that the Raiders really need corners. <laughs> they they allow way too many receptions, way too many guys that don't uh, make plays on the ball. So that was one of the things that DJ pointed out to me. Let's get one more good call in. How about Hardcore Raider? You're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Thank you. Hey, uh, you know, pick seven, you know, if you to get someone like Tyree Wilson, if say he's available, I wouldn't hate that pick because I see Chandler Jones on a short leash, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Meaning, like, you know, if we could have you know him behind a guy like Chandler Jones for a year and he's a stud player, like someone like that, I think that would be huge, you know? Um, at the same time, as you know, I'm big on Hinton Hooker, and – you know, if I look at, like, future drafts, unless we're going to plan on, you know, trading the top ten, I mean, just look what the Panthers had to give up to move up to a top spot. So if we come out of this draft and we don't have a future franchise quarterback to train under Jimmy G, I'm going to see it as a failure. But if we can get a defensive stud like Tyree Wilson or something and a Hinn and Hooker, a future franchise quarterback, that's the biggest victory the Raiders could do in this draft, in my opinion. All right. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Good stuff right there. And, you know, just uh, go, kind of piggybacking off that quarterback conversation, Aaron Wilson, our good friend from Houston, just tweeted out, uh, UCLA football quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson stock has gone up during draft process, may go higher than originally projected, and he met prior to the draft with the Browns, the Bengals, the Eagles, the Niners, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Let's get one more quick call in. Lester from the Bay, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Guys, yeah, it's draft day, so. Did I lose him? It's very, it's, it's very nervous. Uh, he's breaking up. He's breaking up. We'll have to get calls back, Lester. We'll have to call you, or we'll have to get you back on, man. Sorry, you're, you're breaking up. I hate to hate to do that to you, but thank you for the call. Uh, hit us back. We got Paul Gutierrez coming up next. I want to get one quick text in from Sir Whiskey Ray, Q&D. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Here we go on draft day with the seventh pick. The Raiders select. Offensive lineman Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Why the pick? To solidify our offensive line and help protect Jimmy G as best as possible. DeMond, congratulations on your Grizzlies last night. They came to play and my Lakers did not. Raiders from Sir 
Whiskey Ray. 156 is the time. We're in Kansas City. DeMond's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio in the Las Vegas studios. We do appreciate him. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.